0: Luke chapter 2. Good to see you in the house of Lord this evening. <clears throat> Luke chapter 2. Verse 1 It came to pass in those days that there ran a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. This taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. For behold, I bring unto you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity we have to open your precious word tonight. I pray that the Spirit of God would speak to us through it, and you would be glorified, and we would be edified. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to look and think about... I was going to title this tonight, I didn't really give it a title. The unique, our unique Savior, and I want to look at three titles you might say that are given Him out of these verses I've read. Uh, they are the firstborn, Savior, and in Christ the Lord. So we want to think about those three things tonight. Uh, it in in. Uh, uh, Yeah, verse 7 says, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Of course, we're all familiar with this uh, story or this account of the birth of the Lord Jesus. Um, But she, she, of course, she brought forth her firstborn. Now, that's not significant to her because she had other children, but she was her firstborn. And there were special privileges to being the firstborn even laying aside the fact that he was the firstborn creature um he has other special privileges because of who he is but uh some of the things that the firstborn was particular to the firstborn uh you know, remember Esau was the firstborn of of Jacob or of um uh, Isaac and Rebecca and and um Jacob stole his birthright. Uh, you know, he sold it, but anyway. But the firstborn uh, was special or unique in the fact that he had some special privileges. It speaks of he was the head of the spiritual part of the family. Uh, so he possessed peculiar privilege. Appropriate blessings belong to such a one. Uh, as we think about Christ, in, in fact, turn to Colossians chapter 1, verse 18 where it speaks about him being the firstborn of every creature. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 1, verse 18 says, but For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. I'm sorry, verse 15. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Notice it says he's the firstborn of every creature. Uh, it speaks of headship. Um, verse 16 goes on and says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the, again, the firstborn from the dead. Uh, that in all things he might have the preeminence. So uh, being the firstborn speaks of headship. He is the head. You know, when we think of the head, you're talking about the control center. You know, if we had a machine up here and and it was run by a computer, that computer would be the control center of the whole machine. Uh, The head is the control center of the body, and Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He's to be the control center. Everything is to function from that. Take orders from the head. Uh, It also speaks of authority. Uh, He has authority. Uh, Verse 16 again says, For by him are all things created. Uh, He is before all things. Verse 17. So it speaks of authority. Part of the thing that Jesus, think about this, laid aside when he came to earth in the manger was his authority. I mean, he didn't lay it completely aside. He still had authority, and he demonstrated that authority over creation, over death. You know, he raised the dead. He healed the sick. Uh, he calmed the seas. But <clears throat> it was veiled. It was veiled. You know, I like the, I like the, uh, I think it's Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Sing Hark, Hark the Herald Angels, the title of the song. Anyway, Veiled in flesh, that God had see. It's one of the part of the, one of the stanzas in that. Yeah, his authority. He he has authority. Uh, being the firstborn speaks of authority, and um, speaks again the head of a family. Uh, he had thirdly he had special claim to the father's benediction or special blessing. Remember, Esau was to get a special blessing or double blessing because he was the firstborn. Of course, that was given to Jacob. Jacob deceived his father and got it. And of course, Esau sold it to him anyway for a wool pottage. You know. um, so so he, had, he had that special claim to his father's benediction. Three times, remember, there was a voice from heaven that said, This is my beloved son, hear ye him. It also speaks of priesthood. The, the firstborn was to be the spiritual leader of the, of the family. Uh, and he is, he is our high priest, uh, Hebrews uh, 4 tells us. So, so he is the firstborn. He's unique in the fact that he is, he's special. Uh, he is firstborn. Of course, he was also foretold by the prophets. Uh, his birth was foretold. Uh, <clears throat> and, and, of course, that's spoken of in many places. In 2 Samuel 7, Verses 11 through 13, he talks about his lineage, being of the lineage of David, being of the house of David, the time of his birth, foretold in Daniel 9, 25. Uh, The place of his birth, Micah 5, 2, in Bethlehem. Uh, The miracle of his birth, virgin birth, was pronounced in Isaiah 7, 14. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and and bear a son. Uh, uh, His forerunner was announced in Malachi 3, speaking of John the Baptist his flight into Egypt was proclaimed in Hosea chapter 11 verse 1 the massacre of the infants by Herod spoken of in Jeremiah 31 15 you know over and over again there were prophecies that foretold of this time of his coming so he is the firstborn he's unique he's different he is. It speaks of the fact that he is, as Colossians tells us, he is to be preeminent in all things. He's the preeminent one. And we need to make him preeminent in our lives. You know, if we make him preeminent in our lives, it will solve all our problems. I'm not saying you won't have any more problems, but there are solutions to the problems. I was telling somebody here recently that, you know, if, if you have, you know, if, you, if you're in a, a family setting and you have a husband and a wife who are two sinners, even if they're saved by the grace of God, they're still sinners, and each has their own ideas what's right and wrong or, you know, what about certain things. And, but if they have one authority, which is God, then they're working toward the same goals. And as each one endeavors to draw closer to that one authority, they also draw closer to each other. And see, it, it then gives you solutions to your problems outside yourself. You know, if, if the only solutions to my problems I had was me, my solutions would probably change over time. You know, one of the things that irritates Children, I know it irritated mine. I'm sure it irritated you. Was when I changed my mind about things. wasn't consistent. You tell them what no, yes one time, and the next time you tell them no. Parents' prerogative. Mm. Maybe. You know that's, that's human nature. But you see, God never changes His mind. And if we make Him preeminent in all things, it will help us. Uh, solutions to our problems, and give us victory as we walk with Him. So He needs to be preeminent. He is the firstborn. Secondly, in verse 11, it says, "For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior." Well, the word "savior" uh, means deliverer, preserver, helper, healer—all all those kind of things. Uh, he is the deliverer. He delivers us from the penalty of sin. In Hebrews chapter two <clears throat> Hebrews chapter two, verses fourteen through fifteen, Hebrews two, fourteen and fifteen, says, For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. So, Jesus took on himself a body, uh, took part of our nature. Uh, he took a body, he took flesh, that he might destroy death and deliver us from the bondage of death why Paul could write in 1 Corinthians 15, thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, we're not bound anymore. We're not held in fear or subject to the bondage of death. We don't have to live all our lifetime in fear of death. My wife was reading a story about uh, what's the name, Cal the sniper Chris Kyle Chris Kyle you know some people have this idea that that Islamic extremists don't don't fear death he said they all do he said they're so high on he said drugs is very prominent in those circles and they drug them up and then they do what they do he said they're just as afraid of death as anyone else but they're so high on drugs, they don't fear anything. You see, man fears death. Why is it? You know, I think we were living in Maine when, and just probably, I don't know if you, any of you maybe remember this, that, that uh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Anyway, uh, uh, Getz, I think was his last name. He shot four teenagers in the New York subway who are attacking him with knives and screwdrivers. Shot four. And overnight, the crime rate dropped significantly in New York City. Just because of that. What happened? The fear of God got put into some criminals. That's what happened. You See, the reason we have a lot of crime is criminals don't fear the government anymore because there's no death penalty. You know, the, it, was, it was kind of a joke in Maine that you'd been better off shooting a guy in the woods than shooting a moose illegally. Something wrong with this picture. No, but G- see, Jesus is our Savior. He delivers us from the fear and bondage of death. We don't have to fear death. He, He's also our preserver uh, he keeps us. First Peter chapter one, verse three to five. First Peter chapter one, verses three to five says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, is according to his abundant mercy, hath begotten us again to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation." Ready to be revealed in last time. Jude says we are preserved in Jesus Christ and God. We're preserved. Doesn't mean you're pickled. <laughs> Means you're kept. You yeah, know we talk about. Yeah, yeah uh, the Older generation used to talk about they would pickle things. You know, they preserved it. Uh, this doesn't mean pickled. This does mean preserved though. We are kept by the power of God. We're safe in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He, we were, were in his hands, he tells us in John chapter 10. He, but he is also our helper. He's our helper. In Hebrews 2.18 again it says, for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted. So he's, he's been tempted, He suffered like as we are, Yet, and so because of that he is able to succor them that are tempted. That word succor is an old English word that means to come alongside and help. To sustain us. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. First Corinthians 10.13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Now some people may have this idea, well, nobody ever went through what I'm going through. I'm just in a class by myself. You may be, but... Um, I'm just, nobody has, has has had the difficulties I've had. Nobody had a family that, like mine. And we go on and on and on and have ourselves a pity party like Elijah did. And say, I'm the only one left. No. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able but will temptation also make a way to escape it, escape that you may be able to bear it. You know, Daniel and his three friends were put into some very difficult circumstances. They could have had themselves a pity party and said, you know what? No young people ever face what we're facing. What are we going to do? I guess we'll just have to eat the king's meat and the wine he gives us. But Daniel didn't do that. He said, I know what's right. My God gave me some promises and I'm going to obey those promises if it costs me my life. Obeying God is more important than me living. My life is in his hand. He's the giver and taker of life. If he wants to preserve it through this, he will. After all, God is sovereign, not Nebuchadnezzar. Although Nebuchadnezzar thought he was. You see, he's our He's our helper. He's our helper. He's also our healer. He's our healer. Proverbs three. <clears throat> now I'm not I'm not a faith healer, so don't get alarmed here. But God does preserve us. From the corruption that is in the world. He gives us, generally speaking, if we follow his principles, a quality of life. Proverbs 3 7 and 8 says, Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy na- navel and marrow to thy bones. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Of course, marrow speaks of the fluid part of your bones. And as a general rule, Christian people are healthier than the world is. Now, we could take some instruction from some people in the world because that's all they live for. But... The wages of sin is death. You live a sinful and wicked lifestyle and you will suffer the consequences. It affects your health. Just the guilt of it. We read it a couple weeks ago about David suffering the guilt of his his, uh, adultery with Bathsheba for a year. His bones waxed old, he told us. So we have this Savior this deliverer, preserver of life, this helper, this healer that gives us a quality of life. Uh, And then I want you to notice the other phrase, the title is given him, Christ the Lord. The word Christ means anointed one, the anointed one. Uh, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, or the anointed one of the Lord. In in Luke chapter one, verse thirty-five, when the uh, angel appeared to Mary, the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So in in, in describing you know what's gonna happen to Mary, he says that holy thing Seeking about the anointed one of God, the sinless son of God. You know, the the children that I have fathered are not holy. They didn't come from the womb holy. I mean, they were all in one piece. They were whole, but they weren't holy. No, they go astray from the womb speaking lies. The Bible tells us. They have a sin nature. You can you imagine being one of Jesus' brothers or sisters? it had been hard to keep up with that big brother. It'd been nice to have a big brother like that. He'd never do you wrong, right? <coughs> uh, but, but he, see, he's different in that he is a holy thing. Uh, of course, Psalm 51 5 says, Behold, I was shaped iniquity. But this one is unique. He's the Son of God. Yeah. You know, all mothers are still looking for that perfect infant that they never had. Uh, Isaiah 9 6 says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Again speaks of the the, the Christ, the anointed. Uh in in um Matthew chapter one, Matthew chapter one, when, when the angel was speaking to um <coughs> Joseph, in verse 23, says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, but being interpreted is God with us. This is God in the form of a babe. God became flesh and what among us. John calls him in John 1 the Lamb of God. Which taketh away the sin of the world. But Jesus said in John 10:30 I and my Father are one. He's the anointed one. Of course, 1 Timothy 3:16, great, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. So God became a man. Yes, this one that was born in Bethlehem. 2000 years ago is unique he's different never one like him before never one after but he always was and always will be that good revelation chapter 1 revelation chapter 1 revelation chapter 1 verse 4 John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith Lord, and there's this phrase again, which is, which was, and which is to come. See, he always was and he always will be. He is the eternal Son of God. And he is, he is the firstborn. He is the prince of the kings of the earth. You know, to call that man who sits on the Vatican chair the Pope is an insult to the Son of God. Because there's only one potentate and king of kings and lord of lords, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we we need to give him the preeminence in our life. He knows the end from the beginning. So why would I try to figure out my own way? He knows where it's going to end up. Even if I don't go his way, he knows where I'm going to end up. That's kind of a could be a uh, troubling thought or it could be a comforting one depending on which way you go or what you do with that so we need to give heed we need to be like receive the instruction that the Mary gave at that first wedding that Jesus went to whatsoever he saith unto you Because he knows all things. He knows what's best. He's my firstborn. He's the preeminent one. He's my savior. And he's the Lord. The one before whom I will have to give an account one day. Might we live to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the time in your word tonight. Thank you for the simplicity and the truths that it gives us. Thank you for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. What he did for us on the cross of Calvary. Thank you that he was willing to come and lay aside his glory, his authority, his position with the Father to become a man and die for our sins, that we might be saved and have eternal life in him. Just thank you again for your love for us. We pray in Jesus' name.